are batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! And for more reaction to the deal, let's bring in our former MLB executive, David Sampson, the host of the Nothing Personal podcast with David Sampson. David, in the break, I asked you how you're feeling, and you said things went down exactly as we have been saying it would on the podcast for the past eight months. Break it down for us. Yeah, I've just been telling people not to panic. Collective bargaining is a very complicated process, made more complicated by the existence of social media and the desire to get updates every two minutes. So we've all been pressing refresh on our Twitter and looking for breaking news, looking for any sort of up, any sort of down. And there's been panic out there. And the owners the entire time had a plan. They knew exactly how late they could get an agreement before having a full season. It turns out the players knew exactly how late they needed to agree to an agreement to have a full season. All of the back and forth that we went through, all of the, the bid, the ask, where's CBT, it all ended where it should. But I do have a few comments, if we have time, about where this deal ended up, Jeremy. Please, David. Go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. So the players had goals going into this. The first goal is they wanted to eliminate tanking. They felt as though that the more teams going for it, the better it is for free agents and the better it is for salaries to escalate. So they instituted something called the draft lottery. We know that from basketball and sticky envelopes and Patrick Ewing. Now in baseball, if you have the worst record in the game, you will not get the first pick. But in baseball, unlike football and basketball, the first pick is not guaranteed to succeed. And the first pick is often years away from helping, unlike the NBA and the NFL. Therefore, the thought of a draft lottery is something that we had contemplated for years in this game and was not a big give. And on top of that, it will not change the behavior of owners and GMs who feel the best thing is to rebuild. Second, the players wanted more money to younger players. Look what happened to the minimum. The minimum is now $700,000. That, when I first got in the game, it was a long time ago, I think it was in the 160s, the 180s. That is a huge increase for the young players. Next, they wanted to have no cap to what owners could spend on the high end. MLB said, we'll give you a higher CBT, which is like a salary cap, but if there's a Steve Cohn out there with the Mets, I have news for you. We're going to penalize them, and we're going to penalize them hard. That's why right here at the end, you saw Scott Boris and his clients voting against this deal. Those are the players who they think will be impacted by fewer teams being willing to go over the cap, which now will be $230 million. But at the end of the day, the majority of players in this union had a great result from this collective bargaining agreement. They got more money. They got more money before arbitration. They got more money at a minimum. There are more teams in the playoffs, and the more teams in the playoffs, the more money owners feel they have to spend in the following years because revenues go up. So it is a win for the players. It is a not 
big loss for the owners. And guess what? We have a regular baseball season, and no one's going to remember all of this come pennant races in September. David, the next question I have for you is, you know, where do the fans stand on this? Because of the fact that, you know, I mean, Jim Bowden was saying that fans are actually one of the big winners of this deal. But, I mean, there's been a lot of anger from fans about the fact that these two sides have gone back and forth for 99 days without coming to a deal. So you say it's not going to matter when it comes to the pennant races, but what about when opening day rolls around? I mean, what do you think, how do you think the fans are going to respond? I think you'll see 99 red balloons floating in the air on top of all of the stadiums because the fans are going to be right there in sold-out ballparks, and they're going to be very excited it's back. Don't forget, we had a work stoppage in the NFL, in the NHL, in the NBA, and you know what? Fans realize that there's stuff that happens between employees and employers, but they're quick to forget. And the reason they're quick to forget is what fans want to begin with. They want players. They want games. They want victories. They want World Series championship parades. And they want a 162-game MLB schedule, which is exactly what they're going to get as the two sides have come to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. David Sampson, thanks for hopping on with us and giving us your insight and analysis as they've come to an agreement. And in terms of the odds to win the World Series, you're going to see this page quite frequently over the next little while because yeah, baseball is back and we want you just as into it as we are. The Dodgers 6-1 to one favorites, the Astros at 9-1, to one, Yankees, Mets, and Blue Jays at 11-1. to one. And of course, if you want to hear more from David and his insight into this deal, I mean, he's a former MLB executive. David knows the inside, outside, fan side, all sides of this game, and he presents it to you on the Nothing Personal podcast with David Sampson. You can download and subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast audio. You can also watch David on YouTube. Do you want a sports network that delivers everything that matters about the game? The highlights, the picks, the instant analysis, no yelling, no fake debates, no politics. Hit the subscribe button and never miss a moment. Aaron, clearly a lot has happened over the last 24 hours. When did you first get wind that potentially a trade could be made? Really started to come together, I think, a lot yesterday afternoon. Uh, I mean, obviously, with, you know, Kiner Falefa being involved and him being traded just the other day, this, I, th I think this is something that kind of came together last minute and and uh, picked up some steam yesterday and, and seemed to be having that momentum in the evening last night and, and finishing off the deal and stuff. So... Uh, you know, just kind of waiting on word if it was going to go through or not. And, um, yeah, I think I think we're all, uh, you know, really excited with the outcome. You know, always difficult to see people that you care about leave and, and, and guys that you've been through the wars with and just grateful to Gio and, and Gary for all they uh, have done for this team and, and the relationship that I have with them. Um, certainly wish them well, but feel like uh, we made a really good deal for our team that, uh, last night. You mentioned how difficult it is to see some of those players go, especially Gary being in the system for as long as he has. Were you able to have a conversation with them before they left? I did. I, I talked to both Gary and Gio last night, and, um, you, know, it, it, you know, it's an emotional conversation because... Um, you know, we, we, we are like a family in here and, and you know, you go through a, so much and ups and downs and great and tough moments and, uh, you know, realizing that's coming to a close, you know, again, just hope for the best for them, but um, excited about, uh, you know, the, the deal we were able to make. With Gary gone, what does that mean for your catching situation? Will it be Kyle Higashioka the majority of the time? Well, we're really excited about Ben, you know, who we got. And, and as a left-handed hitter, we feel like compliments Higgy well. Um, so, you know, it'll just be kind of fluid, a, a situation that they'll probably split a lot. But we're excited about Ben's, uh, you know, future at this level. Obviously, he came up and played last year, but we think we're getting a really good defensive catcher with, with a guy that can swing the bat a little bit from the left side of the plate. And hopefully he can continue to develop in that area. What excites you about Kiner Falefa and, of course, Josh Donaldson now at third base? Well, <clears throat> Isaiah can really play short. Um, uh, really good base runner. Uh, good speed, a guy that's going to steal some bases. Um, 
and and a guy that's very capable with the bat as well. And we feel like hitting down in our order um, will be a really good a good guy towards the bottom. You know, last year had a very solid offensive season as well as really establishing himself as a true everyday shortstop. And um, he's really excited to be here. Uh, we're thrilled to have him. It's a guy that we've kind of had our eye on, I think, for a lot of the offseason. And, and to be able to finally bring him over here is exciting. And then Josh, you know, I mean, he's been... He's been an elite player in this league now for a long time. Um, you know, he hurt us a little bit last year. Um, he can still really impact the baseball. And I think probably what doesn't get talked about is still how good of a third baseman he is. Um, you go back and look at some of the plays he made against us last year. You look at, you know, some of the behind-the-scenes number, and it's it's still a really good third baseman. So I feel like we got a really good two-way player, um, really have improved ourselves defensively, but but also a guy that can will, will complement the middle of our lineup really well. He had some things to say last year as that sticky stuff was going on. Any conversation need to be had there? Are you at all worried about that situation? We'll, we'll work it out. Um, you know, no question. There were there were some things last year that that happened, and and now you know, as teammates and family members, it, you know, we got to get together and kind of hash those things out. But you know, I think we're talking about obviously two great players, but two really competitive players that that want to win, and that that common theme uh, I think will suit us well. Fans still wondering, will something happen at first base? What's your gut on that? Do you think you'll break camp with Luke Voigt at first, or do you think Brian Cashman is still working there? Well, I mean, we'll see. I think, look, Brian and them are working every angle on different things, but the bottom line is we know in Luke Voigt we have a really good player, you know, a guy that obviously last year dealt with a lot of different injuries that kind of derailed his season a little bit, but he's not far removed from from. You know, we, we've seen what he's done in pinstripes as 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 a hitter in our lineup. And so uh, whatever way we go, whatever is to transpire, we know we got a really good team right now. I know you addressed the team for the first time earlier today. What was your message to them? Um, I, I guess, I, I mean, probably dove into a lot of different things, um, you know, as far as, you know, our expectations, um, you know, we want to we want to be champions and um, you know, we obviously have less than four weeks down here of spring training, um, so it's important that we really get after it, and 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 we're going to challenge and and coach these guys hard, um, but also you know striking that balance between knowing we have the urgency of getting ready for April 7th, and that clock's going to create some pressure for us, um, but. We also got to keep in mind we're getting ready for 162 and beyond, and, and we've got to keep that big picture in mind as we do push our guys here to get ready for that April 7th. Aaron, I can keep you here all day long, but I know you have work to do, so I'll let you get back to the cage, but thanks for joining us on Hot Stove. Awesome. Thanks, Meredith. Brian, obviously a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. And just to kind of take us through the trade, how did it come about, and when did you know it was the right deal for you? You know, it, it materialized here in the last 72 hours. You know, once Minnesota got Connor Falefa, um, we, we had been engaging them on a lot of different permutations of things, and so that was a new wrinkle in it. We struck out with Texas, and then um, and we're able to find a, uh, you know, obviously a creative deal that works for both sides that included other players. So, you know, we're excited because we feel it upgrades us at third, short, improves our, you know, the player that we had in labor at second. Um, you know, we have a lot of versatility from it, so I think it settled out a lot of business needs-wide with one transaction, and uh, hopefully it'll benefit, you know, the biggest thing is that hopefully it benefits us for the long haul and we have a, you know, uh, increased chance of taking a shot at the title. You've known Gary Sanchez since he was 16 years old. He's always been a part of this organization. Just how difficult was it to part ways with him? You know, it was difficult. You know, Gary, you know, again, we go way back, you know, right from when he was uh, an amateur and, and he's grown up in this system. He's, he'll be a Yankee for life, and he's, you know, he's been a good Yankee. Um, he's helped us in a lot of ways, and he's should be very proud of the career he's had thus far and, and, uh, and where he kind of ranks in the catching history for the Yankees, uh, especially in the offensive side. And so... But it was tough. It was a tough call to make and, you know, to say goodbye to someone you've been involved with for so long. And uh, But that's also part of the unfortunate side of, uh, of the business of sports, right? And so he gets a better opportunity now uh, to start fresh. It's his free agent walk year. I wouldn't be surprised if you see, uh, you know, uh, again, he was hungry to have a big year this year for us. And, and I'm sure he'll be uh, you know, even hungrier now to, 
uh, to prove his worth in Minnesota. Josh Donaldson and Garrett Cole had a little bit of a riff last year. How do you think he'll fit into that clubhouse? Yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's something we need. You know, he's got he's got a little uh, he's got a, a, a chip that he brings every day. It seems like I've seen him from afar. He's a you know an uber competitor uh, that's not afraid, and you know that's that's something that maybe we are lacking. I don't know. I'm not saying that we're we're afraid of anything as much as. But he's definitely got an edge to him. And uh, so we have a lot of talent. Maybe we need a little bit more edge. Maybe that type of personality is, is going to be good for us. We'll see. But we're excited to have him on our side of the fence now more so than having to, to watch him defend against us at, at third or certainly uh, those four or five plate appearances against our pitchers. Because he's been uh, wreaking havoc for quite some time. You know, and the big thing for him is health, clearly. Obviously, he's had... Uh, history of calf issues over the course of time, but uh, I think last year he, he posted 130 games with 26 bombs and and 800-plus uh, OPS, and and so the, the man, when he's healthy, can do a lot more uh, than what we've been dealing with in the past, and we appreciate what Gio's done, but, but he's not Josh Donaldson. Do you see first base as an area of need? Is that something you are still trying to upgrade? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, first base is an area that we're open-minded to. Like any of the positions we have on the field, we have a lot of players that get asked about we currently have Luke Voigt who looks good uh, now he's obviously recovered from his surgery and then um, you know DJ LeMay who can play there so we have, first is covered but my job is to see if I can do anything that makes more sense and so if, with that being said um, you know I'm going to be I'm going to be working the phones once I'm done with the press once do, you, do you feel like you still have some flexibility financially um, we do uh, but also at the same time we you know we have a lot of players here so you know, we could be importing and exporting simultaneously, so we'll just wait and see how it plays out. We, you know, the Steinbrenner family has made a big-time commitment to this roster and the payroll already, uh, and so it's not limited, limitless, but uh, but we're going to continue to try to find ways to improve it. You had mentioned DJ LeMahieu. How do you see him fitting into the mix this year? Um, well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, healthy. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a stud. Uh, you know, prior to this past season, a perennial MVP candidate. Uh, but obviously, once he had the uh, hernia surgery, that that rec that was the recognition of oh, this is what's been going on with the guy, and that pre prevented him from being the best version of himself. So, uh, so second, first, third, you know, when we signed him, that was you know th the beauty of this guy. He can really hit, and he's athletic and plays a lot of different spots. And so we knew he would be a very versatile, playing everyday guy. Uh, and I think it's up to Aaron Boone to decide what, what's best for us and where. When you look at the catching situation now, do you feel as though Kyle Higashioka could be the everyday guy, or is that going to be more of a split? You know, it's Aaron Boone's call. I mean, going into it, we know him. So I would think he's the everyday guy, and, and, uh, and we'll get to know Ben, uh, and that whether it becomes a platoon situation or uh, a 70-30 or however they that, – that's all – that'll all sort itself out. You know, it's survival of the fittest, right? You know, uh, whoever emerges – shall be victorious and so uh but we know kyle uh you know so i assume he'd be the guy uh and and past that i'm open-minded to continue to look to see if there's a ways to improve our roster regardless since this lockout ended how much have you slept how insane has this been for you trying to get a roster complete here it's been like drinking out of a fire hose there's no doubt about that i mean uh you know once things opened up it was you know we we certainly you know gathered within our front office i divided uh duties up between mike fishman and and uh, Gene Afterman and and uh, Matt Ferry, you know, you know, we work all very well together. But between agents uh, and uh, clubs, uh, we've had to, you know, strategically decide all right, who's got relationships where, and then let's go. And so uh, it's worked well so far because it's led us to something. Um, but I got more work to do to see, if, to make sure we don't miss opportunities. You feel confident in this roster as is? I never feel confident, right? You know, I think in my job, it's best to to feel that way. I know we have a lot of talent and we know we have a great team, but uh, but is it great enough? And that's that's the wrinkle. Welcome everyone once again to the Rich Core Yanks podcast. We are at uh, episode number 10, the Phil Rizzuto edition, season number three, here from a uh, mild South Florida it's your host, Rich, and all the way up in uh, probably, I'm assuming, a, a gloomy, a gray, uh, mid-ranged, chilly, soggy. It's 55 today. 55 is great. Well, anyway, there he is, the man up in upstate New York, Dylan. Dylan, how goes it, my friend? What's up? I'm doing all right. 
could be Dylan, better. Dylan's getting a little sick. We think he might have a bout of, bout of the Rona coming out. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll update you guys next week if he's a uh, if he's if legit. Dead. If he's legit Rona, well, hopefully, if it gets that far, I have a feeling there will be no show next week. I will make a plea. <laughs> I will make a plea to our fans right now that if Dylan does die this week, God forbid, we will at least take a week off of the show in 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 his honor. All right, here we go. I'm joking. You're gonna replace I, me. I, I'm, I'm. No, I will not. I'm joking, folks. Just because we'll get. You know what? Let me clarify that because we'll get nasty messages. Um, people take sometimes take things very liter, literal. If you don't know, Dylan is my nephew, and if he did die, God forbid, I don't want that to happen. There'd be a, a lengthy break because I'd be up in New York with his mother consoling his mom. So, anyway enough of that nonsense wow what a way to start the show yeah. let's get we're gonna Jeez. get right into it so um yeah you had three audio clips this week guys um that you just heard the first was from uh cbs sports about the uh, lockout being over but the other two is the stuff that i like to give you and you know that if you listen to the show in previous years i try to give you as much aaron boone and brian cashman as i can or players as i can directly relating to what's going on and what we're going to talk about. So you got some really good clips from Brian Cashman. I know they're a little bit longer than I usually post and a little bit longer from Aaron Boone, but I thought it was a good, um, good kind of state of the Yankees and a good jumping off point for the year. So I hope you enjoyed that stuff. Um, we're going to break down first before we get to uh, the big, big breaking news of the trade that happened with the Yankees. We're going to break down the actual biggest news, which is, Baseball's back, everybody. So we are back. We are ready to go. They reached a deal. The CBA is done. We have baseball for at least another five years. Um, Dylan, what are your thoughts before we talk about the specifics of the deal, just that they got it done? Uh, It was weird because, you know, it was like any normal day. No, I thought, you know, nothing would come of it. And then all of a sudden I get all the messages saying they reached a deal. And it was, uh, was it later in the day? I forget. Yeah, I think it ended up yeah. ended up culm, culm, culminating later on in the day. All right, but before we break into the details, we're going to get into this. The podcast is going to be in a couple of different parts this week just because of scheduling and because of length. So before we get into the actual uh, breakdown of the agreement, we're going to let me tell you how the rest of the show is going to go. We're going to break down the specifics of the CBA. I know it's boring, but I thought it was important that we hit some of the key points of it. Um, then we're going to get to the massive trade that happened and the ramifications that that caused with the team. And there's a lot of that. Uh, we're still going to get to the uh, what's bothering Dylan segment of the week. And we're going to get to the mailbag questions and the complaint department. So that is all still coming up yet in the Rich Corey Yanks podcast. We'll be right back with that. In just a second. All right, guys, welcome back. So we're going to get into the CBA deals here. We're going to hit some of the bullet points. I know this is a couple days old at this point, um, some scheduling conflicts and when we could record. Um, So we're getting this out. I want to get this part out of the way because I know everybody wants to really talk about uh, the trade. So the new CBA deal is in effect. Opening day is going to take place uh, April 7th. It's going to be the full 162-game schedule. The big issue that they continued to fight over was the tax threshold. Last year was $210 million. It's going to start this year at 230, which if you can do quick math is an increase of $20 million. And it's going to go up by the end of the five years to 244 million. And that's a big compromise by the owners because originally they were up, uh, they went from 210 to 212 and to 215. So to go from 230 to 244 is a pretty big deal. Um, some things we're getting rid of no more seven inning games, no more uh, man at second extra inning rule, although I hear the players are trying to get that back. But all right, we'll, we'll, we'll shelve that for a minute. Uh, the big changes as far as rule changes are not going to take effect this year. They'll take a place, take effect next year. I, I'm sorry. Um, the one rule that will take place this year is the universal DH, thank God. Next yes. year, we're going to get a pitch clock. It's going to be 20 seconds with a man on first base, 17 seconds with no men on base. Um, we're going to get wider bases next year, and we're going to get the shift ban, which is going to be two players on either side of second base and feet on the dirt. So that will take place next year. Another rule change that will be in effect this year is 12 teams in the playoffs. So that's an extra team from last year, an extra wild card team in each um, 
league, which I think could end up being the AL East having all three teams out of it, but whatever. Uh, there'll be no more tiebreaker games. So at the end of the year, uh, last year and the year before, if two teams were tied heading into the wild card round, you had a tiebreaker to decide who got the play-in tournament. This year, since they are a week short of the season, it's just going to go by best records and conference records and stuff like that, similar how the NBA and the NFL do it. Um, Major League Baseball can now implement rule changes with only 45 days notice. It was previously a year. So they can do that 45 um, days notice. Now there's also a committee that's put together of players, umpires, and owners to decide whether or not if the rule changes will take a play, will take effect. Um, there are four teams that voted no for this deal. Now Dylan has the information in front of them. Um, I'll be curious. I'm, I'm pretty okay with three of the four teams and when i say voted no these are uh, out of the 30 teams four teams voted no for this collective bargaining agreement they were the yankees the mets the astros and the cardinals now you can kind of figure the yankees and mets and the astros are technically big market teams uh wanted to vote no for whatever reason the collecting bargaining agreement was too high too low whatever but i can't figure out the cardinals dylan can you why would the why would the cardinals not want this deal yeah i don't know um it doesn't really change much, I don't think. You know, it's mostly about the money, I would think. I don't know if the Cardinals are just thinking because they're, like, one of the oldest teams. They want to it's stick weird. to, like, classic rules. I don't know. Maybe. That could have been it. Yeah, maybe they're just, like, this is a whole year change in the game type of deal. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. That's maybe. a wild guess. Mm. Um, the other thing was that the players, we talked about this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but there was an actual lawsuit against the uh, league by the players association for teams putting the collective bargaining luxury tax money in their pocket rather than spending on the team as part of the new CBA, they agreed to drop that lawsuit. Um, mm -hmm. And they're going to, they also agreed to continue to negotiate an international draft until July 25th. So that's all the bullet points um, of the new collecting of bargaining. There are, are specific things in there as far as arbitration and stuff, but I'm not going to bore you with that. The big things you need to know this, we're getting opening day just a week later. Um, so technically all of this stuff that we've been complaining about for weeks and weeks, we really only lost a week of spring baseball. That's all we're going to lose. Cause we're going to get our full 162, which is awesome. It's just going to start a week later. Um, we're getting rid of the things that we hated, the seven inning double headers, the man on second, um, mm -hmm. we're getting the universal DH. I mean, this is a win-win if you're a baseball fan, huh, Dill? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Everything that we wanted, we're getting. So uh, it is what it is. And we got five years of baseball. We don't have to deal with this nonsense for five years. Now, it's very easy for us to say, we got our five years. Let's play baseball. Let's forget about it. Uh, my opinion, get your ass this Monday into a room and start working on the next deal. Don't wait. I want to go through yeah, this again. Yeah, my God, please. Let's get it done. Wouldn't, how great would it be if we find out that two years from now, with three years left on the current deal, they sign an extension for another five years or whatever. Perfect. It would be great. We both know that's not going to happen, though. No. So is there anything on these uh, these new rule changes? You like the uh, – we obviously like the Universal DH. We talked about that. What about a pitch clock, wider bases, and the shift band next year? You think that's good? Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the shift band. I think uh, putting the extra man in, like, the outfield is just not good, especially for Joey Gallo. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have selfish reasons, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's because but, um, our, out, our outfielder doesn't know how to hit in the shift <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, in just in general, then uh, okay. it would it would increase the hits. I think make the game more interesting for other people. Um, and then the wider bases, I thought was weird, but uh, they said it was supposed to be about stealing bases to encourage them because it's like I guess really it, I guess it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, a bigger base gives them more. Re it's a shorter distance. If yeah. both bases are even, even you know, a little bit bigger, that's less ground you have to cover. You know. You know, you can be a little slower, I guess. I don't I would think maybe for a safety issue, if there's more room yeah, to so slide and touch the base, something. maybe yeah, maybe yeah. your hand doesn't get stepped on. I don't know. doesn't seem like that should be something that even needs to be debated. Just do it or don't do it. But I don't know. Yeah. Pitch clock, um, 20 seconds with uh, a runner on first base and 17 seconds. Otherwise, it's a ball. Listen, they've been doing this in the minor leagues. If you've watched any minor league baseball for years now, and they do it. I watch the clock because I sit mostly in the outfield for these minor league games. They get the ball to the plate less than 20 seconds almost every time. Matter hmm. of fact, I think I've only seen one or two instances where a ball has been called ever in the games that I've been to since they did this rule. So it does help. Um, I don't necessarily know if it speeds up the totality, excuse me, of the game, but um, the pitchers seem to be okay with it. So 
Hmm. Anyway. Well, I know they had a pitch clock at Yankee Stadium for like the longest time. It's always there. Um, it's kind of in the outfield, I think, by the flags. Okay. Um, it's been there forever. Like, it didn't do anything. It just, like, counted to see how long it took them to deliver a pitch, but it's been like, there. Like a test just for, for, for data purposes, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, Don, let's get to the big news that everyone is talking about. Number one, besides where Freddie Freeman is going, is we're recording this on, uh, what is it, Tuesday today? And I have uh, yep, ESPN on one TV. I have MLB on another TV waiting to see um, what's going on with Freddie Freeman. Uh, the last word was uh, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, uh, the Dodgers, uh, everybody except for the Yankees. It looks like to me from everything I'm hearing, the Yankees are out of it. But listen, I just saw a tweet from John Heyman about it. He what said, um, what, what, where is he? What's the latest? He, he said that I don't know the exact wording, but he said Yankees are still in. But hmm. Because of their geographical location, it's looking unlikely. He wants to sign somewhere like in the uh, West Coast part. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that also. He wants to go out west. Um, I, I, listen, I know you're a Freddie Freeman fan. I'm a I'm a fan of the talent. Um, I am not a fan of the contract that it's going to take to get him. You're going to have to give him 300 plus, I would assume, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at right now with the moves we made. I, let's just roll right into that because it's going to talk about it's going to kind of splinter into what we were talking about. So the Yankees make a big deal, a deal I don't think anybody saw coming, but that's usually the deals they make. And I will, I'm going to say this from the beginning, two out of the three players we got have very difficult names to say, but we're going to try <laughs> it anyway. So the Yankees get third baseman, Josh Donaldson. That is not the hard name. They get shortstop Isaiah Kiner. Kiner Falefa. I've, I've heard it's Falefa. And okay. Let's see, Mr. Big Shot, if you can do the catcher. Ben, no, I have no idea. Ben wrote, <laughs> Rovert, 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 I don't know. We're going to say Ben for now. And the Twins get, wait for it, folks, like you haven't heard this already, but Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. So, Dylan, the Gary Sanchez experiment is over for the New York Yankees. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it was time to move on, honestly. You know, I don't think – I think it's going to be like Sonny Gray. I think he can't handle New York. He had that first year of greatness. It wasn't even a full year. Uh, 17 wasn't bad, but nothing like 16. And then it was just downhill from there. Um, yeah. I think it was just time to move on. Hopefully he has a good career with the Twins. Got nothing against the guy, but, you know. The word, the word that I'm hearing is that, and this is what we always suspected, didn't we, that it was getting to him. Being in New York, the booze, yeah. the, the criticism on social media and on talk radio and stuff was actually getting to him. And he wasn't billed for it. So it might not have been to the level of Sonny Gray because, I mean, he completely was a dumpster fire. He just couldn't do it. Uh, Sanchez had uh, he had bits and moments. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I don't know if it was a couple years ago where he went out to dinner with A-Rod or something. Back yeah. when A-Rod when was still an advisor for us and we were paying him off the rest of that contract. And he came back and was really performing well after he had like a pep talk with A-Rod. And I thought to myself, man, that's pretty dangerous. Like if it only takes like a pep talk from an ex-player to get you going, to me, that means that you're not mentally strong enough for what you need to do. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, listen, I if you would have asked me, he was going to be my guy, you know, out of this next crop. It's funny because I was talking to my son about, you know, all right, well, who's your guy? You had your, you had your core four uh, way before your time, Dylan. I, I had my other favorite Yankees from the, from the eighties teams, you know, the Mattingly teams, mm -hmm. but from the core four, everybody had, you know, it was a Jeter, it was a pet, it was a Bernie, but from this new generation of players, the judges, I didn't want to take judge. Because, you know, everyone's taking Judge. And that's the same reason I didn't take Jeter, because, you know, all the girls love Jeter. You'd go to the Yankee game <laughs> back, in, back in Jeter's peak, and it was nothing but pink Jeter jerseys and so on and so on. I loved them, but I didn't want to be a groupie for them. So, you know, I would pick different guys, and I picked Mariano. Easy pick to make. I mean, mm -hmm. greatest, possibly the great, not possibly, the greatest the. relief pitcher in the history of the game. So it was easy to take him. But, um in this next crop, it was going to be Gary. I said, man, no one's going to take Gary Sanchez. He's going to be my guy. I'm going to take him. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can hit. Yeah, his defense a little weak, but he's got power. He's going to be the, He's going to be a Mike Piazza type. He's going to be a bruiser. I was wrong. He did not turn out to be that. Um, turned out that I think he has the potential to be that. Yeah, he showed just, glimpses yeah, of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I, and you know what? Well, to your point, I think he's going to do well in Minnesota because you know what? Yeah. There's no press in Minnesota. Yeah, their spring it's too cold. <laughs> their spring training uh, camp is ten minutes from my house. 
um, where they train. So I'm actually thinking about uh, this weekend to go up there and get a look at Gio and uh, him and uh, one of their first spring training games that they played this weekend. But um, much more relaxed. There's not going to be 30 reporters waiting for you after the game. Everything you do isn't going to be scrutinized because, you know what, baseball's not the big thing there. It's football. It's hockey. It's other things. So, um, good. listen, good luck to them. I hope everything works out. Uh, this was a move that the Yankees were – if they didn't make it now – they were going to make it at the end of the year because they were not going to re-sign him. He had one mm-hmm. year left on his contract. So if it wasn't now, it was going to be at the end of the year. And the fact that they can get something for him, why not? You know, why not? So it is what it is. I think we're on the same boat with that. Now, Gio, I'm, I'm going to ask you your opinion on Gio first, and then I'm going to give you mine because I don't want to spoil it. So what do you think about letting Gio go? Um, I'm kind of neutral about it. Uh, I remember you saying that uh, you'd think it was going to like, he was going to come down off his, his great years he had like those two back to back. Um, so I could see that. I know I, I liked him. I liked how he had fun with like Glaber, their, their like relationship. So that was cool. But now Glaber plays second. So it doesn't really matter. They're not man in the same side of the infield anymore. Um, I thought he was great defensively, but I think he was starting to come back to reality when he was hitting. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to – you kind of gave away my point to this. I think this is selling at the absolute highest point. I think you're getting the most for him at the time when you can get the most for him because I think last year showed you his numbers are definitely dwindling. I think we hit him. We got him on the peak of his what he's going to be offensively. I don't think he'll ever be offensively as good as he was two years ago for us. Um, defensively, there's no question. The guy's great defensively. Um, he's solid. He can play a couple different positions on the infield. And to your point, great team guy. He had a great personality. He was great in the clubhouse, but we upgraded here. I mean, there's, a, there's no doubt about it. We upgraded. Um, picking up, uh, let's say, is it, you can say his name. What is it? It's, it's Ian. Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm sorry. Isaiah. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Falefa. Um, I think it's an upgrade defensively. It's short, definitely, because Gio was going to be our shortstop. We yeah. all know Gio was a better third baseman. But uh, I think uh, he'll be a better shortstop for sure, Isaiah. I think uh, I think he's going to surprise you. And I think, listen, it's not going to be hard to match Gio's offensive numbers from last year because they were awful. He hit under 200 last year. So if this kid hits over 200, it's a, it's a plus. But that's not what we signed him for. We signed him to be a vacuum at short, and that's what he's going to be. Um, I think that the team knows that we have enough offense to support that. And a little bit of saying that is – well, I, we're discussing two different things here because we're talking about Gio as a shortstop, but really he's a third baseman. So mm-hmm. we, we bring in Josh and we bring in Isaiah, and you know you're getting much better offense potentially at third base with Josh because he's had MVP years. He's been an MVP of the league. Now he hasn't had that recently, but he still puts up solid numbers. So if you could get uh, – I'm spitballing here, but between shortstop and between third base, if you could get – 30 home runs, 20 from Josh, and 10 from shortstop, I would take that all day if they play solid defense. I would take that all day. And yeah, because even Josh is a decent defender too. So. Yes. Oh, yeah, very, very. I, I don't think you're losing very much. Now, you know what? Analytics is what it is, and I looked at some of the metrics, and they say that Gio was a very poor defender, believe it or not, at third base based on the war above replacement. He's basically not – he's dead even. He's not winning. It's just like Jeter, though. They say that about Jeter. Yeah, it's intangible things to your point. The best part of Gio Urshela was in the clubhouse. And then he was a gamer. He'd run into the stands. He'd do whatever. What did he run into the dugout last year and fall face first and get right back up? Yeah, Yeah. and he's out there next inning. So he's a gamer. Um, I would have loved to see Gio stay as a backup infielder. I think that would have been good. But unfortunately, the Yankees are sticking to this budget and they had to get rid of some money. They move the Sanchez and the geo money to kind of make way for the money that comes in. And they're right up against this new $230 million um, cap, which is why I definitely don't think they're going to sign Freeman because they're at the cap right now and they still don't have a first baseman per se. I think it's looking like it's going to be Rizzo coming back. Um, I think that's the move that they'll make unless there's something else that we don't know about. Um, I don't think they, if you listen to the auto clip that we played earlier and you listen to when they ask him about Voight, you could tell Cashman's not, going to keep void as the everyday first baseman Mm -hmm. i almost honestly would say put dj lemayu at first base and let void dh Mm -hmm. you know and then let stanton play the field and let him and gallo flip-flop in the outfield you know because you got to figure everyone was crying well now that you got a third baseman you got a shortstop glaber's your second baseman void's your first baseman where does dj play 
And Boone came right out and said, he's going to play every day. So it might be a day at third base. It might be a day at first. It might be a day at second. And that's originally what he was signed for. He was signed to be that super utility guy that can play anywhere. But mm -hmm. I mean, looking at the numbers, I almost, God, I almost want to platoon him at first base with Voight. Maybe you do, you know, half the week at first and then Voight's half the week and DH the other half. And then Voight sits a couple of days a week. You know, Voight's proven that he can still hit off the bench. So, you know, he's not a bad pinch hitter to half the bench. The problem is he doesn't really give you anything defensively. Um, and he's just a first baseman. So I don't know. It'll be tough. But overall, we also pick up. I don't want to gloss over this. The catcher, Big Ben. Have you seen pictures of Ben? Uh, only a few. Ben's, only a few. Ben's jacked ben is yeah. yoked he looks like he's gonna give voight a run for the schmedium jerseys because uh <laughs> he is he's a monster um he's a kid he's 24 years old he's played mm -hmm. less than 90 games in the big leagues yeah i saw that tons of potential yeah, ton, yep. tons of potential but he's 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 brand spanking new like you're, you're betting on potential there defensively he's supposed to be great he's a great framer of pitches um, but offensively, you don't know what he's going to do. He's got three home runs and is, you know, 80 something at bat. So it is what it is. Now, what do you need to get? Would you say, cause now you got, you got Higgy. Now, everything that I'm hearing is it's going to be a platoon. It's not going to be a straight Higgy's the starter and Ben's the backup. They're going to lefty righty match up this, um, mm -hmm. cause Ben's a lefty. So it's going to be, you know, off and on a couple days a week. What numbers would you like to see home run wise out of the combination of the two that would make you feel okay? Cause neither of them are big boppers. Uh, if you had to combine them two, mid twenties. Yeah, I would say you're right there. If you could get eleven and twelve from each of them, perfect. And they and they could hit right around two hundred and then be great defensively. I think it's a win-win because that's all you got from Gary last year. You got mm -hmm. Gary had twenty-something home runs. He was awful defensively. I shouldn't say awful, below average defensively. Um, and pitchers didn't want to pitch to him. Your star pitcher didn't want to pitch to him. They're scared. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to throw to him. That's got to tell you something when your stars don't want to throw to him. And, and, you know, that's got to affect their game too. Are they scared to throw their nasty pitches? Cause they don't think it's going to be stopped. So now Higgy, maybe with the more opportunities, Higgy's shown some pop once in a while with his bat. Maybe, you know, he gets, uh, he gets it going, but listen, both of those guys would be the number nine hitter anyway. And in this lineup, with and I mean, let me bring it up because I was trying to toy with a potential lineup. You can tell me what you think about this, Dylan. Um, you can vamp for a second while I bring it up there. So, um, so with the lineup, I think uh, obviously you got DJ leading off wherever he's playing for that day. Judge second. Uh, I don't know how well Gallo third worked. Okay. I think I think move move Stanton up and then maybe Gallo fourth. Uh, then you got Aaron Hicks. You got to put somewhere towards the top because there's another lefty. Well, technically right. switch hitter, but um. All right, I'm gonna give you mine because I actually did All write right. it out. I didn't send it to you, but I did actually write it out on my phone here. So I got DJ at first, batting first, playing first base. Okay. I got Judge second in right field. I got Stanton the DH third. I got okay. Josh Donaldson at third base, the cleanup hitter. I got Gallo in left field fifth. I got Glaber sixth, second base. I got Hicks seventh. I got Isaiah eighth, and then Higgy ninth. And I think that kind of splits right. up your, your your lineup back. Again, this is just potential. Um, I know you, the one question a lot of people have is like you put Donaldson in the cleanup spot. But Judge and Stanton seem to like that two-three hole. Mm -hmm. They seem to play. They seem to play well there, and they both had great years last year. I don't want to mess with it. Let's leave it alone. This puts Gallo. Um, you could flip flop, I guess, Donaldson and Gallo. You know, either way, back or forth there. But to me, that it's a win win there. And I think leaving Glaber not in the three four five hole, but just outside of it in the six hole, is good because he he's another guy that seems to relax better when he's not super pressured. Hicks, I don't mm -hmm. know what the hell. I don't know where we're gonna get from Hicks. You know, I could see Hicks. Listen, I could see Hicks as a leadoff man potentially, but who the hell knows what you're going to get with him? I don't know. So until I can see something, I leave him down there. Um, Isaiah is pretty decent speed wise too, believe it or not. I, this kid can catch too. I'm here, and he's he's an yes, he's a, catcher. He, he came up as a catcher. This is, I believe, on the Rangers, and then so he moved he, to shortstop. He can play a bunch of different places. I I think when I heard, I thought he was gone because what he was on he was on the Rangers for a day. 
Yeah. So they made no, the, the twins. Deal. The, twins. the twins. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He came from the Rangers to the Twins, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, because that was a guy I was looking at, um, along with Simmons, and they all went. We're going off the clock because me and you were talking about how we wanted like a stopgap so we didn't get a long-term deal that would block up Volpe because I'm hearing Volpe might be ready by the end of this year. They're saying really, he might, yeah, he might be ready to be called up, or I shouldn't say that. Volpe should be ready by next year. They're saying. Oswald, what is it? How do you say the yeah. kid's name? Peraza. Peraza. He's on the 40 man, I saw. Yeah, Peraza might be ready this year. Now, every trade that I've heard, they wanted Volpe. They didn't ask for Oswald, they asked for Volpe. Every single trade wanted Volpe, mm. which is why I guess we didn't make the deal with the A's. Um, I'm sorry, I got Twitter open because I'm looking for, you know, any deal that happens while we're recording. Maybe we could, uh, you know, report something, but nothing yet. Um, so, I mean, listen. We, I think we improved uh, overall. If you ask me where we were a week ago when we reviewed the infielders, where we are now, I think we're better defensively, and I think we're slightly better offensively, not a ton, but we're much better defensively. And there's something about the intangibles. And this is – I'm curious your thoughts on this, Dylan, because I heard a lot of Brian Cashman talk a lot about, well, I like the energy in the room. I like their fire. I like their, their moxie. So in other words – guys that can get up and, and yell and have a little bit of spunk behind them. And it seems to be what the Yankees have been missing lately. The Yankees are a team mm-hmm. of bu- a bunch of good guys, a bunch of nice guys that are going to say the right thing. We don't have any uh, real Paul O'Neill's on the team anymore. We don't have any, <laughs> we don't have any, you know, Daryl strawberries that are going to come out and punch somebody in the face. Like, and I'm not saying we need to be just that, but I think you need a little of that. No. And we haven't had that in yeah. a really long time. Like somebody They're very mellow. fired up. CC Sabathia did a lot of it when he was around, you know, guys mm-hmm. that would, that would get the rest of the team fired up and, you know, Hey, this is unacceptable. We're not going to take this. And I think Donaldson might bring a little bit that to the clubhouse. I think he's going to be that fiery guy. He likes to talk. If you saw any of the, the, the press yesterday, they had press availability and uh, he likes to talk. He, he doesn't hide what he was saying. Um, you got, I'm sure you heard about the whole, you know, the whole thing. The with Cole thing yeah. yeah. But he answered it, and by the end of the day yesterday, you could tell he was tired of talking about it, and he was just like, "Look, it is what it is. It happened. It's over." He didn't apologize. They both, him and Cole, both gave good answers. Neither one of them said, "Oh, we're buddies now. It'll be okay." They basically just left it like, "Look, we had a conversation. It's over. We're teammates now. We want to win championship." Yeah. So, and I like that because it was no BS. There was no fake answer because you know the conversation was more than that. But they're mm-hmm. not going to let us know. And second of all, look, they got together as men talked about it and it is what it is so you know we'll see what happens i think the kid's going to be good i say kid he's what 36 um yeah yeah i think he's going to be good i think it's going to be solid the whole question with him is health um he stayed healthy last year and he stayed healthy the year before but before that he had some problems um if he can stay healthy um and you can pencil him in every day at third base i think that's just another offensive weapon that we can look at man I don't care what you say. If you're an opposing pitcher and we talked about that lineup, just you don't want to face that lineup. Where's the breaks? You know, eight and nine, maybe, you know, are the only breaks that you have in that lineup. So that Yankee lineup on paper is a monster. So I forget who said it. Was it, I think they're in the field of dreams games. Somebody called them the monsters or something like that. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're also tall. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's an incredible team, but we've been on this road before on paper. It's an incredible team. So overall your thoughts on the trade though. What do you think? Uh, I think it was it was definitely an upgrade. Um, I did something funny last night. I went on the show, and mm-hmm. I uh, I looked, and so there's there's different ratings because uh, <clears throat> I know many of our viewers probably don't know about the show, but each uh, each player has a different rating. Um, and Gio and Sanchez are both silver, and Isaiah and Donaldson are both gold. So it is mm-hmm. an upgrade in the basics too. Right, the fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking at their numbers last uh, – I'm going to just call him uh, Isaiah. He was a uh, 271 batting average, uh, eight home runs, 53 ribbies, 73 runs scores. That Defensively, he was a, a 972 fielding percentage, which is pretty good. Um, ben was a, 200, was a 216 second-round draft pick, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about his numbers. He didn't really have time to get any big numbers. Donaldson slash 247, 352, and 475. He had 26 dingers last year and 72 RBIs. I will. T- I mean, listen, if they repeat that, if you give me 26 and 72 from third base and you can give me 271 and uh, 53 ribbies from shortstop, I'll take that all day. I think that's a win-win. I'll Did take you see – 
Did you see he had more hits than Judge and LeMahieu last year? I didn't see that, really. Yeah, I think he had, like, somewhere in the 270s, and Judge, I think, was in the 260s. So he even had more hits than Judge, which is crazy. Well, that's the other thing that you talk about is because these guys are – they're not home run hitters. Both of them yeah. are – they don't strike out. They have very low strikeout rates, and they don't – you know, they're not home run guys. So before this, what did we have? We had uh, DJ was our only slap hitter, our only base mm-hmm. hit hitter. And now to add two more of those guys to the infield – that changes your dynamic a little bit. Maybe shows that the Yankees are thinking a little bit about their strategy as far as, you know, hit the ball over the fence. And especially next yeah. year, when you talk about the shift ban coming into place, maybe they're getting themselves positioned ready for that. So it's possible. Overall, I like the deal. I don't think it's a blockbuster trade. I just think no. Yankee, Yankee fans are so, so desperate to try to get something going that, you know, any trade, I mean, obviously getting rid of Gio and Gio, who's a clubhouse favorite and Gary, who's been here for so long is a big thing. Brian last night called him a, a, a classic Yankee or something like that. I was like, hold your horses, pump your brakes guy. Yeah. He was like, Oh, he's done. He's done a lot to prove himself. He's a great Yankee catcher and a great history. I was like, this is not Thurman Munson right here. Let's take it easy. This is not Jorge Posada. Either. This is, uh, yeah. let's, let's take it easy. This but is anyway, like, yeah. Uh, Jose Molina. I would say so. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I I'd almost rather have Jose Molina to be honest with you because he he was more pitchers pitchers didn't have a problem pitching to him. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's get to the last uh the last spot here. Actually, you know what? Let me bring this up because the Yankees actually did make another move today, though. And I don't know if you saw this. Let's. See. Well, I saw they got LaCastro back. They got LaCastro, but so. they also signed a utility player, Philip Evans. 29-year-old from the Pirates last year, played 76 huh. games. So that would be would lead me to believe that that's going to be your backup infielder. So Philip Evans, I don't know anything about him except he played with the Pirates uh, and he played with the Mets at one point. Um, and, he's, and he can play all positions on the infield. So I would assume that that would be your backup infielder. I would assume LeCastro, who plays second base but primarily is an outfielder, um, I would assume he would be your backup outfielder right now. So as far as positions that we need to fill still, um, I still think we need another outfielder because you need two, even though you mm-hmm. kind of have, or maybe they're going to hedge their bets that Stanton's going to play think, more in the outfield this year. Well, they got that. And they also have um, Floreal. I yeah. feel like you yeah. can sub him in if you need yeah. to bring him up. I agree. I would say maybe that's, that's enough right there. If somebody goes down or you need to take a break. So the only real position that we're talking about left that is a desperate need is first base. So I, I, I know you want Freeman. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, would you be content with Rizzo as a back? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I like He's another him. He's good guy. Good clubhouse guy, plays good yep. defense. He's got the, the right swing for that. Now he's going to cost money too. So if Yankee fans think that we're just going to be able to bring in Rizzo, we're not. The Yankees are going to stay at the luxury tax. They're not going to spend more than they need to. And they're right at it right now. So in other words, to bring Rizzo in, somebody's got to go. Move. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something bold right here. And you might think I'm crazy. Um, I looked at the Yankees roster. There's nobody making any real money except for this one person that I think we could afford to lose. Okay. And it's Aroldis Chapman. I was about to say. Yeah. Aroldis Chapman's making almost $17 million. Um, And I think the best is behind him. I think he's, I, I think it's a problem area. Um, I that, that he's not the dominant closer. He was, he's a fastball thrower. Everybody can hit his fastball. Now I know he worked on a splitter and some other pitches, unless those are much better this year. He is not the intimidating. He's not, he's not a lights out closer anymore. I know Britain is going to be out for at least half the year. Um, but I mean, Johnny lasagna, I think could potentially be a closer. Um, Chad green. There's other guys that we have in the system. Uh, right now that are going to be in that bullpen that I think could come up and close. Um, who's the other kid I'm thinking about? Um, Abreu. And, Abreu's um, a big, Clay strong Holmes. kid, Clay Holmes. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that we have. Uh, Michael King will probably be in that bullpen. If I he's like not Steven starting. Riding, too. So, you know yes, there's, there's a bunch of – we have a bunch of good arms in that bullpen that I think could potentially be closers. I think – I don't know if Chad Green necessarily has the temperament for it because he tends to give up the, the long ball sometimes. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see – Johnny Lasagna in there. Lasagna. As like, this is your job, man. You're the closer now. This is all I want you to do. Or to your point, Abreu, who's a big, strong kid, you know, go in there and just pile back. I mean, listen, closers, that role is changing anyway. You end up with your starting pitchers and then you end up with a bullpen full of closers. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, listen, that could be your money for Rizzo right there, 16 million, because they're going to have, somebody's going to have to take some salary. 
because who else can you afford to lose that makes any money? No one's taking Stanton. You're not getting rid of Judge. Do you maybe deal Hicks? Maybe. I don't know. He's making some decent money. I think he's making $10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, But you got to figure what is what is um, Rizzo going to cost? I mean, I'm just going to guess here. I'm going to speculate that he's going to be close to 15 to $18 million a year. Um, so I, I, and that's just me spitballing. But you're going to have to get rid of some money to get him. So I would think Chapman would be would be somebody to take him as a closer, I would assume. But I mean, listen, it's a high salary. Somebody have to be willing to suck up 16 million. Send them to the Mets. They seem to take anybody right now. Jeez. I mean, they're, anyone you see their who's payroll? old, you have to oh be above God. 30. God, their payroll's almost $300 million already. Yeah. And he doesn't care. They asked him if he's going to blow past the, the fourth tier. He's like, ah, whatever. This guy's just going to spend a million dollars. It's crazy. So I don't know. What a do billion. you think? What do you think for first base? <sighs> Honestly, I think. Rizzo is our best bet right now. I also don't think we're going to get Rizzo. I mean, I don't think we're going to get Freeman. But um, even if we don't get uh, Rizzo, I think Voight's still a solid option and DJ just swapping. Yeah, you have you have enough there. You know, opening day right now, you have it there. I feel bad kind of for Voight because yeah, he always I gets mean, the short end yeah, of the stick. And, and he's been they've been talking about replacing him for two years now. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, you do kind of feel bad for him. He's a professional. I know we had the comment last year where he said, I'm basically auditioning for 29 other teams. Um, but listen, that's another potential thing. Boyd's making, I think, five and a half million or something like that. That's some money that you could free up to. So maybe you package a deal with, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like a, I keep saying Hicks just because of the money, but maybe it's like a Hicks Voight combination. That's 15 million right there. And you move Gallo into center. You know, and then maybe move Stanton into left field every day and put Judge out there, Judge Gallo Stanton. Um, you know, it's a possibility it can happen, or even Judge can play center. I know it's not his favorite spot, but Gallo, I think, is more than capable of playing a good center field. So definitely, we'll, yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, listen, we're gonna find out here in the next couple of days because we've only got three weeks left of spring training, believe it or not. So I mean we've got what, twenty I think twenty-three days until opening day. So that's yeah, crazy. I mean, they're, they got their first game this week. I think it's what is it, Thursday or Friday. Uh, Isn't it the 18th spring training, something like that. Their first spring training game. So um, looking forward to seeing that a little bit and kind of get a look at this. There's really yeah, not much we need Friday. to see. Yeah. Friday. We just need to see uh, what do we got to see? I'd like to see the arms. I know uh, Garrett Cole talked a little bit yesterday about stretching himself out, how he's going to do it. He has no idea what he's going to have for opening day. He said, you know, he wants to go out there and have competitive innings as many as he can. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be four innings, five innings, but I think we're going to see a lot of first and second week starts of games, guys going three and a half, four and a half innings and calling it a day. But it's going to be interesting. But listen, I'm not going to complain because we got baseball. So, All right. So before we get to the mailbag, we're going to go back to our Dylan segment of the week. And last week we started this. It's going to be the What's Bothering Dylan This Week segment. So, Dylan, I throw it to you, my friend. All right. So this is uh... – I guess you can consider it a baseball uh, issue here. What's bothering me this week is Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Tom Brady played on – well, he was drafted by the Expos a million years ago, uh, I think 1999 or something like that. So he, he was a baseball player, so it's in the it's in baseball the world. Okay. Um, but I don't even know why he retired in the first place. It was pretty <laughs> clear that he wasn't done. Uh, pretty much everyone uh, said that they don't think he's done. And I feel like he's the greatest ever. He might as well just play until he can't throw a football anymore. What was the total? I think 40 days he was retired for. Yeah. Something like 40 that. days, 40 nights. Um, I, I read the story about the guy who bought the football, bought his last touchdown pass at auction for 500 grand. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's pretty much worthless. I mean, that guy, I, yeah, I mean, listen, why not do it as long as you can? Yeah. You know, I, I had this conversation with somebody because there was a video of Bartolo Colon playing in the Mexican league, you know, and he's bigger than ever. He's massive. You know, the, <laughs> field, the, the field looks like shit and he's just throwing around, but you know what? He's still playing. And somebody was like, well, he must've made enough money. And he was in the major leagues for close to 20 years. Yeah. So even if he never made the big hundred million dollar contract, he made millions of dollars and his pension alone is a million dollars, millions of dollars a year. So he has the money. So you're doing it for the game. Now look at this. Most play, most people retire when they're 65, 
67, something like that. They worked their whole lives to get, you know, 10, maybe 15 good years of life. If your only job is to go out there and play ball, why not do it as long as you can? Like, I think Manny Ramirez has been playing in Korea. He's been playing in Taiwan. Like, yeah, like, why wouldn't you just go keep playing? Why not? Like, it's something that you love to do anyway, and you've done it since a little kid. If they told you right now, whatever job you are, we're not going to say what you, I think we might've said what you're doing, but whatever your job say, me and you, they say, you know what, Rich, Dylan, you guys can make whatever you're making right now, but you got to go play baseball three hours a day, three days a week. I would sign up in a second. In yeah. a heartbeat. This is what I got to do, and you're going to pay mean, me to do it. Look at him, though. He plays what seventeen games a year. Well, okay. I will say this because that's the other thing that I heard. His this guy treats his body like it's a work of art, from what I understand. Like he works out and only eats specific foods. Gives himself two weeks off a year. That's it. So he's a different kind of animal. Now I know that that's not happening with all players, especially baseball players. But these guys do have to work at it year round. I mean, and you got to figure baseball is the one sport different than football. Listen, they report to camp Valentine's Day. If you make a playoff run, you're not done until mid-October. So you're talking about 10 months a year that you're playing baseball. That's a long time to play baseball. So mm -hmm. these guys work hard. I know baseball is not as physical, but I don't care what you say. Getting on planes, getting on buses, going back and forth. It's a grind, man. Sleeping in hotels. Oh, man. It's uh, it's it's a marathon. It really is. And that's why I'm kind of happy that um, they're rewarding in a pl new playoff format. The uh, division winner is a, a buy. Give them a little bit of extra compensation for winning. But listen, Brady, is I, I, he annoys me because he's not my guy. You know, so I guess, you know, if I was a fan of the Patriots or I was a fan of the Bucks, I'm thrilled. If you're a Bucks fan, how do you not be thrilled right now? Because it was either this mm -hmm. or nothing. So, but uh, listen, I'm a Giants fan. We, we, I had no problem beating Brady. So we beat him twice in the big game. That's all <laughs> I cared about. But uh, yeah, I get your point. It's kind of annoying. Plus, you know what it kind of burns me were the tributes that he got for like a week after he retired or quote unquote yeah. retired. And There's then to come, to come back, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like, <laughs> You, you, it's like watching your own funeral. Like you got to see what everybody says about you and then you didn't really go away. So yeah, it is what it is. Well, he's back. All right, guys, we're going to get to the mailbag here. Good, good job this week with that though. All right. Question number one is from Gwen. Did the Yankees give up on Gary Sanchez too early? I feel like he will come back to haunt us for years to come. First of all, Gwen, mm. thank you for the question. Good question. Yeah. Very good question. Dylan, what do you think? I, th I already touched based on this a little bit um yeah. i i do think it was time to give up on him but i also think he's gonna do great in minnesota no pressure at all i mean it's a little more pressure than you would get if you're in like say colorado or something mm -hmm. that's where i thought the perfect place for him to go would be uh colorado because number one you got that light air of the high altitude yeah, stadium absolutely. and then no one cares what you do in colorado there's <laughs> nothing at all facts so um i do think he's gonna do way better than he did on the yankees uh but it was time to, for him to go i think i absolutely agree i have nothing to add to that that's exactly my thoughts gwen thank you for the question and if anybody does want to send us questions again rich at gmail.com is where you can send most of your info or all the social media sites twitter facebook Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, all right, we get to the complaint department, and it's from Johnny. There we go. Fucking Johnny. All right, <laughs> the one time we actually have baseball news, and you guys are nowhere to be found. Way to drop the ball once again. What a joke. All right, so I'm assuming Johnny is referring to we didn't come right out with an episode as soon as this happened. Um, I said in the beginning of the show, Dylan's in New York. I'm in Florida. I got kids. He's got a life. We both got jobs. Things happen where we can't just record instantly. It does take some coordination between the two of us. But here's a newsflash. We're not your source for breaking news. That's not what we're here for. It's an opinion show where we give you opinions about what happened. Everybody in the world has a telephone. Everybody in the world gets instant updates. The second that Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela were traded, you knew about it on your phone. Were we going to really jump on and do a podcast at 11 o'clock at night to tell you what you just saw on your fucking phone? It's ridiculous, guy. I think you're confused, confusing us with ESPN. We are not ESPN. We are not a ticker. How about that? I wish we were. I went, Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, I had a bad joke there, and I'm not going to say it. It was something about Disney, <laughs> Disney and the Jews, and I'm not going to go there. All right, but... 
I, I think I think Johnny here thinks we are literally the scroll at the bottom of his screen with instant updates, and that's all we do. This is a hobby. Eventually, we could be. Fun. Yes, maybe. Yes. Listen, knock on wood, Johnny. Maybe we're bar stool in a couple of years. Maybe we're that upstart that that gets big. The show's numbers have been increasing, and Dylan, offline, I do have to tell you about something. We did get an offer from a podcast company to take the oh. show for us, but I'll get. We'll we'll get back to that. Um. I, Johnny, it's just not that kind of show, man. I don't want to blast you. It, it, it's I understand that maybe you're confused about what we do here. If you look at the, the the description of the show, it's news, it's opinions on the Yankees and the world of baseball. That's what it is. It's an opinion show. We're going to react to the news. We're not going to break news. I'm not John Heyman. I'm not Ken. Ron. I'm not one of these guys outside a, a, a spring training facility waiting for news to happen. Although that being said, that would be awesome. Uh, that would be but... awesome. I do have tickets purchased to see Rachel's first game. Nice. Um, and I do have tickets to see the uh, Yankees and the Rays in the end of May when they come down to Tampa already. So I will be able to get awesome. You're going to the mall. Back. Yes. I'm going to, the, mall. going to the less than mall of America and going to see some of that. So Johnny, thank you for your question. Anyway, you dick. Um, again, <laughs> if you want instant news, we're not the place to get it. If you want to hear about what we think about the news, then here's where you go. So. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap up today. We covered a ton of stuff. I appreciate you guys hanging with us. It's a little bit longer episode than usual. Um, I think to cover. Is, yeah, this is the way we're going to go from here on out. It's going to be every week to week and a half on the long stretch. It might be two weeks. Um, if something happens, we're not going to just drop an instant episode. We're going to wait. We're going to digest it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to wait till we have a little bit to talk. I want to try to keep the episodes under an hour if we can. That seems to be the sweet spot with people and their attention span. So hopefully we can keep that under the hour, including the audio clips. Some weeks it's going to be easier than others when something big happens. Listen, we're going to talk a little bit about the first spring training game next week when we're on. We're going to talk about our first real live action baseball. And then it's two weeks to uh, opening day against the Boston Red Sox. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. And the most important takeaway from today's show, we have baseball. Baseball is back, man. We are ready to go. Um, I'm excited. Dylan, you're excited, I'm assuming? Yeah, it helps my mental health. It helps Dylan's mental See. Thank you, Major League Baseball and Thank the Players you. Union for helping Dylan's mental health. He can actually uh, breathe a sigh of relief as soon as his nose unstuffs. So. And as soon as my car works again. And as soon as his car works again. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much. Tune back in next time. And as always, go Yanks. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> he held it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him.